Austin, Texas to Essex, England. This is the Slipstream Podcast, everyone. I am your host, Andrew Dalton, and join with me once again, my main man from across the pond, Mr. James Lingfield, Lingy12 on the discords. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, enjoying the the weather, enjoying the football, uh, like proper football. Uh, it's the, proper. I don't know whether it's a thing like even in your sort of sphere of consciousness but it's the European Championships at the moment nice sport week I've been my Stella in my hand my my St George's cross in my face fully come on England you know yeah yeah did you say Stella in your hand as in uh, Stella Artois Stella Artois which is not um, it's obviously not English but it's become weirdly synonymous with English culture that's like your meat and potatoes beer if you're gonna yeah. watch the football pint of Stella and that's you so funny with- dude so funny that that's the that's the meat and potatoes beer for Europe is like Stella Artois you know it's it's because over here it's just like such a like oh you're fancy it's not even like a hard beer to get but like someone walks up to the group with like a Stella you're like oh fancy pants over here and y'all are just like yep meat and potatoes for the football you know so I think funny. that they're trying to market it as like whenever they do the marketing it's always like a really fancy guy in a suit having a cold crisp pint of Stella like it's country <laughs> retreat but every yeah. time you see a pint of Stella it's like in a lukewarm by a guy with like you know war tattoos no shirt yeah. on yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a great beer yeah that's so funny man just kick back with the Stella it's good it's it's I don't, oh, if good. I drank more beer, I would drink that all the time. I'm trying to lay off the beer, dude, these days. I'm an old man now, so I got to lay off the beer, the carbs. I'm going to watch my I, figure, you know. My the, my sort of post-exams beer belly is not flattering at all. Uh, I had I had such a sad – because I know, like, if you go into, like a, a, like, a bar, I guess an American bar, you'll get, like, bottles, won't you? Like, the classic, like, right. that's standard, isn't it, for, like, a beer? Typically, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, if I go to a bar, I like to get a draft. I want it, especially okay. like a good bar where you know they take care of their whole facility and like a good, like yeah, they clean their taps. You know what I'm saying? Because you can go to a pub or a bar where they don't really clean their taps. You're like, no thanks. But like, you go to a good, well kept bar with a decent barman, a good tap. You know, good good glasses, properly washed. You got to get it out of the out of the tap. You know. Yeah, I I was so so sad. My first. Uh, pub trip post covid it was the night i finished my exams i was so like looking forward to it got there and uh all the taps were broken oh. and i had to have ironically a oh. uh, a bottle of do you know the like corona the beer is that in oh, the US? absolutely i'm in ironically, texas baby. Yeah. we know all about corona the beer oh, and a, the virus yeah both of them yeah. corona in the in the in both senses of the word yeah yeah so you had to get a, a Corona in England. That's hilarious. That's like a Jimmy what, Buffett song. It's got to be like just what, ne- right next to Cheeseburger in Paradise. You get Corona in England. Do you think it's like a Tarantino film as well? It would be. It would be Corona. Eng- English Corona. The <laughs> ni- <laughs> English Corona, the the 12th film by Quentin Tarantino. It's, it's still got Leo DiCaprio is just still in it for whatever reason. You know, he's just in all uh, of his movies. It's got blood and feet and that's all. That's all. That's all. Any Tarantino film really is is DiCaprio <laughs> blood and feet. Really, DiCaprio blood, uh, guns, just a lot of guns, stabbing, wanton nudity. No complaints over here. 
anyway, let's get to it. We got <laughs> we got a uh, we got so we got uh, Paul Ricard happening this this weekend, um, and not the great, not the most exciting race. I'm not tip. I'm not. I'm not jazzed. So uh, so we would say I'm not. I'm not particularly jazzed for Circuit de Paul Ricard. Um, but I am interested to see how all the teams uh, perform at a circuit that's we haven't seen a circuit. We've had two street races in a row, uh, two catastrophic weekends for Mercedes, um, which I'll say it again when Mercedes falters, F1 thrives. So I'm happy to see it. And uh, I'm just going to take a staunch anti-Mercedes stance on this podcast, just just right down the line, just like screw Mercedes and everything about it. But uh, no. Uh, I, I digress, but so we've had two street street courses. Uh, we're going back to a real circuit. We're going back to a test circuit, which may be the reason why we don't see the most exciting race action, race craft at, at this circuit. Um, but it's it's going to be, you know, it'll. I, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll see. What? Right, how excited are you? Let me get a gauge for James on how excited he is about about Paul Ricard uh. about the the French. Grand Prix. I almost said the French Open. There is no clay at the circuit, so that now that would make it exciting. If there let's was just a, make there it was clay. A clay circuit. Yeah, let's just make it clay, like like the f- tennis French Open, and they all have to drive on clay. Let's see what Pirelli <laughs> compounds they go with at that point. You know, I'll put the what the intermediates are the wets to the clays, to the or like that they, yeah. they had like chains to the tires, like they were like oh, old off road trucks. That would be that might liven up poor card because you need yeah, something. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Maybe Ecclestone was onto something, you know. He could have been. Uh, I think the the great thing about F one this year is that because everything is so close, it can almost save dull tracks. I, I didn't think um, I didn't think Spain was that bad this year. I, thought I didn't that was either. One of the best. I mean, it was if you were Spain knew what races. you were watching, it was it was it was a good race. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a no, race where strategy and good strategy on Mercedes' part won that race for him, which was insane. You're you're watching and you're like, oh a two stop, what's what's going on? And then you're like, oh, because it's Lewis Hamilton and he can make it work. So I yeah, I mean I, th- I think there's a potential there definitely. Uh, I mean even like I don't think last season Imola was that good. And yet this season it was it was great. It was a great race. Uh so I guess I'm I'm hopeful that just the quality of the field at the moment is going to make it interesting. Um, yeah. the circuit is just so bad. Yeah. So, so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, there's not, there's just, you mentioned something about a GP layout or a GT layout. Um, I'd be interested to see what that looks like. Uh, what's the difference per se? Do you have it pulled up at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, there were some things I saw, uh, so, so there was, a uh, in some different layouts. I mean, there's loads of different layouts you can take because it's basically a a concrete field that goes for miles. Um, So there's some things that like turns turn one into a much harder breaking zone because if you if you look across the across the track, there's only really one hard breaking zone, and the difficulty is with all tracks in F1 is if you have a medium speed corner, you can't follow that close. And the the braking zone comes down that sort of DRS straight, and it, and it's a medium speed corner, so you lose that time coming into the straight, and then can't get close enough for the chicane. And yeah. just adding different braking zones, it seems so easy. And I said to you, I said to this, um, I said to you this before, 
I don't get why Paul Ricard is so bad because they have all the space in the world to design a track completely on their own. You know, like you look yeah. at, I don't know, Spa or Interlagos, which ironically are actually really good tracks, but they're, they're limited by their geography. You know, the track is designed relative to the environment. But Paul Ricard, you have you can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> and like, how is it so bad? I don't get that <laughs> There's acres and acres of land. Like you look off of any of the turns and there's just acres and miles or I guess kilometers in the say in the sense of a French uh, open, but or <laughs> I said it again, open a certain Grand Prix and you, and you look off and you're just like, okay, well, you know, what is this? Is just an endless horizon? Like what's going on? Like I could see infinity off on this track uh, and then they have the layout that they do I, I think maybe it's just because it, it was meant to be a test track uh, primarily um, but I, yeah I'm not sure turn one is hard in the game I know that it's a very tough corner oh, to yeah. take quick and uh, you you have to have the right setup um, again I mean as with any of these tracks obviously because we're talking about the highest pinnacle in motorsport this, the setups are going to be key um, but I think I don't know. It'd be nice to see a couple of teams that just kind of read the greens, right, so to speak, and uh, set their cars up in in ways that uh, kind of benefit them and their performance on on for the f- the finishing positions. Uh, come Sunday, Aston Martin did that at Baku. Uh, regardless of Stroll's accident, they still had a car that performed well um, with a package similar to Mercedes, and they were able to kind of read read the room and 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 that's what interests me with some of these. Uh, with some of these weekends where it's like you have teams that that you don't think the car is going to be up there and then somehow they just read everything right and their aero package looks good for the weekend. Um, They have their suspension set up in the right way and then they you all of a sudden they're up P2, P4, P5 and you're like, okay, well, I didn't expect that at all. So I definitely think we're going to see this. I think this might be on track for like the most interesting French Grand Prix we've ever seen so far. I mean, I don't know. I've, how long has it been in at Paul Ricard? It hasn't been that long, right? I want to say five years. Yeah, not even not even that long. So, in its short history at this venue, I think I think we're pretty much on track to see uh, something. I, so I I'm I'm optimistic about it. I think it'll be interesting. I think maybe especially if we can get a safety car somewhere. Uh, you know, uh, I, just switch it up a little bit. But I, I can't even see that's. I mean, that's another thing with it. I can't even see how a safety car could be caused because there's like four miles of runoff in either direction. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no danger, there's no risk. And I no. think especially when you just went from a such a high octane uh, danger for that dangerous race like Baku, mm-hmm. where you know every you have to be fully committed for every turn and you're right on the edge to Pull a card where you, you run wide and no one cares. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, you run I mean, wide I mean, and there's just crickets chirping, you know? And that's all. I even think it might even be a better race if you just get rid of like the lines of the track because there's like one wall or two walls in the middle. Yeah. Drive around those in the quickest way yeah. you can. Make just, your own yeah, line. Just, uh, just, <laughs> just whatever the hackers do in the F1 game where they turn yeah. off somehow there there was like a glitch in the 2020 game or the 2019 where somehow you could go off track and it didn't 
it didn't invalidate the lap. So you just drove around the perimeter in like a minute five or something like that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you just have the world records like, okay, well, I guess nobody's beating that. So uh, it's a tough, I think it's, it's, it's interesting to see how these races are handled in real life and then how interesting it is uh, in the game. When you play the game, it's not necessarily the most boring race at all. When you, especially if you play in a league and uh, you drive around that track. T- First of all, it's it's tough to drive around that track with a controller with a pad. Yeah. Um, might be a little bit easier with the with the sim setup, but I, it does prove for like a, a pretty exciting experience in the game itself. Uh, and then you get to real life, and you're just like, you know, snooze fest for two weeks, two uh, two hours straight. So it's in- it's interesting. We'll see. Um, PlanetF1.com. Uh, this just came out in the last couple of days. Pirelli published findings from Baku tire blowouts. Now, I sent you this link earlier, and uh, I think what we both concluded is Pirelli basically was were like, "Hey, we found some issues with the uh, the tire failings at Baku." Of course, if you aren't familiar, Lance Stroll uh, spinning out into the wall uh, in Baku. Uh, in lab lap 30 something and then 47 max Verstappen, of course le- losing his lead uh and then bending it into the right hand wall which you know thank god it was that and not the left one because yeah. we'd have a, a very different discussion right now but um so both of their back left tires going out which on that track is the tire that has the most stress uh is definitely beat up the most in, in terms of you know all four on the car um, and Pirelli said, as a result of this analysis, per, uh, we have co- submitted a report to the FIA and the teams. Uh, the FIA and Pirelli have agreed to a new set of protocols, including an upgraded technical directive already distributed for monitoring operating conditions during a race weekend, and they will consider any other appropriate actions. I think this was just something they needed to put out, but it doesn't say anything at all. It's not blaming themselves. There's no responsibility taken, uh, no blaming of the teams at all. The teams, of course, I don't think the teams had anything to do with this. I think they were operating within the tire pressure parameters. Uh, there were nothing, They didn't find any fault with either of the cars. Um, and those are two cars with completely different packages, completely different engines. And so both Honda and Mercedes cars uh, going off the track with those tires. So uh, you know, what, what is that? What, what's going, what even is this? Like, what, <laughs> so what is, I think it's just one of those diplomatic things where they're just like, all right, we have to say something. And then you're like, you read it and you're like, well, well you didn't really say anything though. Like, this is just going like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, they, they seem to have got away with it. I think Pirelli yeah. from a PR point of view, because I think obviously no one ever wants to crash, but from a safety point of view, but it was those crashes that made the race such a great race. Um, yeah. I'd, without sounding really morbid, I'd like to see their response if the crashes have been a lot worse for the drivers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because th- there's been no real true investigation or, or not a lot of storm about why it happened. Um, I think especially from the two teams, because... You know, Red Bull still walked away with the win. Aston Martin walked away with a, a P2. So, I, th- you know, it's not like they've had their weekends ruined by it. Um, but it, it's still a strange, a strange situation. Um, and yeah. I, I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't know what they were talking about either. Because I read, yeah. I read the article and I don't know whether it was like, 
the amount of like beer I've had in the <laughs> since finishing my exams has just ruined my brain cells. I was like, I cannot yeah. make head and tail of this. What's going on? No, I think, yeah. you know, Pirelli's got a tough job to do. And it's important mm. to acknowledge that, you know, it's important to not say, look, they're the bad guys in this or anything, that they're definitely to fall at fault and they're trying to, to you know, dodge the blame in, in any way. Um, they have a tough job to do. I mean, basically, they have to design tires uh, that degrade at a certain point, uh, but also provide the right kind of compound and rubber combinations uh, that withstand, uh, you know, un- ungodly amounts of G-forces and different sorts of tugs and pulls and uh, heat and cold and, and all these different things. I mean, their engine, of course, you know, they're in the business to do this. Uh, but I think with the last time we saw, you know, just several tire failures in one season, uh, we ended up with a race uh, where half the grid didn't show up. Uh, I don't know if you remember 2005 yes. yeah, yeah, with yeah. Michelin and, and I believe it was Bridgestone. And uh, the only cars to actually show up on the grid were the Bridgestone uh, teams. And I think it was like three or four teams. And of course, we don't have that kind of duopoly thing where, where you know, teams can just kind of switch to another uh, company. Although I, I think that would be kind of cool. I think, you know, Pirelli have this monopoly now where, it kind of makes that impossible, so you can't really do that. Um, so, what are we going to see? We're going to see. <laughs> are we going to see more blowouts? I mean, I, I just uh, it, uh, is it a Baku thing? Is it is it that kind of circuit where we go to this circuit and it's basically like a, uh, as they said on the Shift F One uh, podcast the other day, uh, like a sinister Monaco. It's like an evil twin Monaco where <laughs> where where you just don't know what's going to happen. The tires may blow out, you know, but there are walls right there you know it's basically uh it's you know it's just like a faster monaco um which provides an element of uncertainty and and uh, danger that you want to see as a that that's the crazy part is i think the drivers enjoy that in some way in some weird twisted way because they're maniacs they're all maniac. you have to be a maniac to do that you know it's and that's what's fascinating about the sport is you're watching 20 maniacs and then you get a and then they, they get out of the car and like put on a hat and then like stand in front of a microphone as if they just didn't drive 50 laps at 200 miles an hour. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, you know, today. <laughs> so you're just you're like, okay, well, yeah. It, so yeah. And they're, so they're, you know, they're all like psychopaths on some level because they have to like, uh, they have to basically just, uh, and then get out and just be like, so I guess, uh, you know, today it wasn't our day. <laughs> like, yeah. Well. So on some level, that being said, I mean, they want to drive at tracks like I think I think they love it. I think the drivers love it, the fans love it. Um, and it's not something that element of danger is not going to go away, of course. And especially when you're driving a car around 19 other cars that are going, you know, half the speed of sound almost. So, like, uh, so I, I think we want that. I, th- I don't think that element of danger is going away. Um, but I, I guess I'm just really interested to see how the rest of the season plays out. I hope we don't see any more of this. I mean, I, I, I assume the next time we would even have to uh, anticipate anything like this is at Jeddah, uh, because that's the I think that's the next street course until uh, for the rest of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Australia uh, is like half a street circuit. This got Albert Park there. It's not completely a street circuit. Yeah, um, Canada was cancelled. Singapore yeah, is cancelled. Uh, yeah, I think if you if you're not counting Australia, it's only yeah. Jeddah left. 
So I don't th- I don't know if this is something we're going to see a lot of um, because I, I just don't think we're going to see a circuit with right angles uh, like this. And it's such a long, treacherous straight for the rest of the season. Um, and then, of course, we, we jump to next season. We've got a whole different package on the cars. Um, and I think uh, between now and then, especially with Pirelli, I think that we're switching to to larger rims uh, next season, uh, which look cool. I like those. They, they look really cool. I wish the wheel covers weren't on them like come on man let's see some rims you know um but yeah it's a little it's with the wheel covers it's a little because like they have the fins like say this is the tire and you have those fins that are going right over the tire like that those are cool and then you combine those with the wheel covers you're like what is this tron like what's going on it's very tron yeah (laughs) it's very like cartoony um but i think it'll make for stronger like wheels in general, stronger tires. I don't think we're going to see the same issues, especially with um, lighter cars next year. Uh, so, yeah. are they lighter or are they heavier? I'm almost sure they're lighter. I'm pretty sure they're going to be lighter. I think they're going to be smaller. They would be. That'll be so. That'll be cool. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring this up because it was just a strange, strange kind of thing. It's uh, and I, there's a lot of that going on. But, well, I, you just I gotta, thought you know. Yeah, I mean, what I just thought had this thought now about what you say about the wheel covers. Um, seeing the McLaren livery at Monaco, which looks so cool, like a throwback livery. Yeah. I think it'd be so cool if maybe once a year at your home GP, a team did a throwback livery. And I thought for Mercedes, if you've got the wheel covers, what if they did like a brawn GP? Because do you remember those like bright green, was it yellow? Wheel sort of wheel covers they used to have. Um, that would add just so much. I think if they did that once a year, it would be so cool. You know, and the opportunity yeah. is right there with the new yeah. cars. You know, I'm excited to see what they do with the regulations. Of course, these teams with their massive, uh, you know, personnel uh, staffs of just you know they have entire teams. Every team has an entire other team dedicated to just you know, the aesthetics of the car and designing the car separate from the arrow and everything. It's just like, okay, well, what are we going to do with the paint and all this? So it'll be fun, man. That's a fun aspect of everything is like getting to see what these teams do with these cars. Cause you've got design geniuses on every single working for a formula one team. It's not cause you suck. So like, it's, they're all going to be like, really, although some of the liveries this year, you're just like oh really like Ferrari, like cinnamon and then regular red, like what's going Like you look, it looks like they took the regular Ferrari and then just dipped it in cinnamon. And you're just like, I don't, that, that I don't can't be good for aerodynamics. That's surely the, <laughs> the cinnamon aerodynamics can't help. The, the... What do we got? The Ferrari guys like at the factory before the season, like, what do we got? And they got the design guys like, well, how do you like cinnamon? It's like, well, you know, I don't know. It's like, they were just like, Oh, you need the Magello cars. Like, well, what if you got half of the Magello cars? Like that doesn't, mm, it's like, I think you can tell the ones as well that like the ones that were submitted at like 1159 the night before the deadline, like, <laughs> like, like Alfa Romeo, they just reversed the colors and Oh yeah. God, we don't have a livery. Let's just do what we did and do it in reverse. Just reverse it. Like That's fine. Or- yeah. Just cramming for the exam. The night before, it's like let's let's take some Adderall, let's do it. We've all been. Uh, we've got a new contract signing from Esteban Ocon uh, since we did our last episode here. Uh, another few years for Alpine. I yes. think he extended to twenty twenty four. I think that's the right move. I like it. Um, I like Ocon. The more I like, uh, the more I keep track of the sport. The more I like 
him, his speed. Uh, I think he's a great driver. I think he, uh, you don't see him in the media shooting his mouth off a lot, which is nice. It's refreshing. Uh, so, uh, I like him. I like, I like this. I think he's great. I think he's got great potential. I don't think he's got Mercedes potential. I don't think he's going to end up there. I think everybody is expecting Russell to, to be there 2022, 2023 at the latest. So I, I don't see him anywhere else. And, uh, I'd really just see him there and I see Pierre Gasly going to Alpine at some point. And I see them wanting to have like a double French team. Uh, which would be which would be brilliant. I think it would be great. Um, I don't see Gasly going to Red Bull. I see I see Sergio signing on another year, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's cool. I think it's the only, I think it's the only move he's got. I don't know where else he would go at this point. Um, and I think he's going to take the. T- I think he will go farther with the team as as far as development and things like that with Alpine. I think he's going to prove a better investment than Alonso. Uh, just because Alonzo's old, he's he's old. Uh, he's on his way out. He's probably got some great input, some great veteran advice. He'll probably be with the team for a while. I don't think he'll be in the cockpit for that much longer. Um, but Ocon is going to be there for three more years. It's uh, yeah, it's a good investment. I, d- I I have a bit of sort of the more I think about this, a bit of a strange suggestion I think. But when you when you class sort of the 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 young drivers, the upcoming drivers, who are considered sort of world championship material. I think you've got um, Leclerc, Russell, Verstappen. um, And I personally would put Gasly in that. I think Gasly's performances over the last 18 months are so impressive. You know, him him qualifying P4, P5 is not even a massive story anymore. You know, I mean, he he got a podium in Baku and no one really spoke about it much. Uh, because he is just that good. And yeah. I think I think he hates Red Bull. I think he does not like the Red Bull system. I don't think he'd want to be a Red Bull driver if Max is still there. And I would love to see if... Um, I can't see Bottas keeping his seat. Uh, and if Lewis retires this season, I would love Russell and Gasly at Mercedes. I think that would be seriously exciting. Nice. I, you know, I never thought about that and I don't know why, uh, but that would be brilliant. That would be really fun. That would be awesome. Actually, that would be really cool. I mean, if you, if you Um, want to stick it to Mercedes, uh, stick it to Red Bull, (laughs) the place you do it is Mercedes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Mercedes are definitely somewhere in some room. They're thinking about life post Lewis Hamilton and uh, I think they'd be ex- extremely obtuse to not be thinking of uh, Pierre Gasly and, and have that name come up. And I'm sure it has um, in the in the deep, dark recesses of the Mercedes headquarters. Uh, but yeah, man, I think that's a great point. That's a really good point. Um, and that would be man, that would be brilliant to see Gasly in in silver, man. I guess silver. I, I guess they'll go back to it at some point. I don't know. I, I still hope they don't. I think the black the black's is really cool, man. so cool, doesn't it? The black's the black is really cool. It's just it's and it's just kind of like yeah, we're at the top, we're black, you know, we're literally. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, the car, yeah. but but the car too, like it's like the car is like this black sheen to it. It's just I don't know, man. It's slick, and if you're gonna have, I feel like have one team that has a black car. Yeah, and uh, the, but any more any else? And when they took Lotus out a few years ago, and so you're kind of oh, missing that. Cool. You're just like, where's the where's the like? Because like Renault, you know, Renault is like black and yellows. So it's like kind of kind of a bumblebee. You're kind of missing it. So it's yeah, man, it looks good. Um, 
So yeah, no, I think that's I think that's really possible. I'm I'm just really surprised I never thought of it before. You know, is thought of Gasly at Mercedes, but it completely makes sense. I don't think he likes Red Bull that much either. No, uh, and if he if he if he's kind of uh, if he's neutral on Red Bull, if he doesn't really have an opinion, let's say he doesn't really carry the way. Um, I think at the very least, he knows that there's not a seat for him. I think they they would much readily uh, bring up uh, Sonoda. I just think they're always looking at young talent at that team. Uh, for better or for worse, they're always looking at their development program instead of you know pulling from outside sources. You could talk about Sergio Perez, which I guess we will now. That's a good that's a good transition. Um, but Sergio Perez fell into their lap. It's not like they went out and tried to invest in a driver. They're like, well, what are we going to do? No, like one of the best drivers on the grid happened to become available, um, and so they they snatched him up as they should have. Um, but they're always kind of looking from within and developing from within. That's the whole reason they have AlphaTauri, Toro Rosso. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be Sonoda and, and a Red Bull. I think he's got too much promise. I think he's too talented. Um, and I think he's too disciplined to not be in a Red Bull seat in the next couple of years. I would like to see him stay there for another year. Uh, but I think that's definitely for him. So yeah, that's a good point. I think he's going to be either Alpine or... Mercedes definitely for Pierre Pierre Gasly. It's a cool name, isn't it? He's a, it is. It's better than uh, what's what's the French F one driver from Talladega Nights, the Sasha Baron Cohen. What was oh, his name? Oh, you spilled my macchiato, Jean Luc. Jean Luc something. Yeah, I know the one you it's mean. Like Jean, it's yeah. like Jean Luc or something like that. Uh, and I just always think about him when I look at Pierre Gasly because because it's the because he kind of I mean he doesn't uh, he doesn't have a boyfriend of Andy Richter running around with him but like he's got he's like so like he's so French and he's so like stylish and he's like always just like he's just you know he's just handsome and like stylish and he's always got he's just to the t's all the time he's just very like french and so you just always think like oh dude this is like this is talladega nights we need like a dale earnhardt or jr or somebody there being like let's go fast man but ricky bobby uh ricky bobby we need a ricky bobby he's my son's walker and texas ranger and i think i'm actually like the f1 grid would improve so much to have not just an american but when I say a proper American, like a Ricky Bobby, not like a sort yeah. of Christian Pulisic, like new age Gen Z driver. I mean, like an old school, I just want to go fast <laughs> F1 driver. It's such a shame that there aren't, um, uh, are there any sort of up and coming? Is Logan hey, Sargent American? Hey, listen to me. Look, you're talking to him right now. Oh, okay? yeah. The- yeah, man. That's like, why do you think I got into sim racing okay the next step is to get my full sim rig and then the next step after that raise 10 grand go to formula school okay then after formula school work my way up through f3 okay work the podcast angle at the same time okay get in with the media darlings okay all of a sudden i'm in the booth with crofty and martin okay i got you in there with me we're both commentating uh with crofty and martin when they're not talking about tire choices 90 percent of the race we chime in uh, with our quips, all of a sudden we're having tea afterwards and some Stella, we're watching some football. I say, hey, look, I've got the chops and I've got the competitive license. Let's toss me in there. And all of a sudden Martin's like, oh, well, I think that's a good idea. Though. I'm going to call up uh, Helmet. Uh, let me call up uh, Toto. I got All of a sudden I'm doing tests. Hey, look, you got an American 43-year-old because I'm, I'll be 43 by then. You got an American 43-year-old Formula One driver. And if I got a, you know, 
I'll, if I got to upplay the Texan accent, I can do it. All right. I could do a Southern draw. All right. I could do the long Southern draw. I could keep the mustache. I could wear a Carol Shelby cowboy hat if you want me to. Okay. <laughs> and we'll just play it up, dude. <laughs> Matt, look, it's never been done before, which means it's, <laughs> it's never been done before. It's never okay. Failed. Look, that's the thing. You know, that, and that's the decision I came to over quarantine. It was like, look, music's been great to me over the years. I've had a lot of experiences, but how about we just now try our hand at just becoming a Formula One driver at 36 years old? I mean, it's it, it's reasonable. It's just, a, look, I'm all about reasonable moves, a reasonable, responsible moves and choices and value judgments in your life. And so it, it, I don't know what's more reasonable than trying to be you know, one of the top racing drivers in the world in your mid thirties. So no, it's, it's a very easy sort of accessible career path for anyone. It's yeah. the, it's yeah, the yeah. salt of the earth job, you know? So why, yeah, why the, the hell yeah. not? Hey, it ain't, it ain't much, but it's honest work, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> dude. Uh, let's talk more about Sergio Perez because, uh, you know, he had an incredible win. Of course we, we covered this last episode. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, I think Red Bull are extremely thrilled to have, uh, him in there uh, in the in the moments he's in, and uh, a little ahead of schedule. I mean, he said he was going to take about five races to get his his feet, uh, find his feeding, find his feeding, find his footing uh, with this car. Um, I was it was back to the fourth or the fifth. I think it was the fifth because I think yeah. that was so, the, I mean, that was the thing. He's, he's right there. Races. I mean, he he wasn't uh, lying. He's like, hey, give me. Sorry. It was an inherited win, but it was still run. Uh, regardless, because you can't help what your opponents do and your what your teammates do. So, a win's a win. He's up there, um, and he's looking good. I mean, he he the whole weekend though it was that's the crazy. I mean, even without even if he would have come in P two, you know he would have beat Lewis, uh, or at least you could be pretty sure. Um, he was looking good in qualifying. He was looking good in all his practices. Uh, you could just tell he was comfortable. Um, and I think I don't think anybody should be surprised. I mean, we're talking about a guy who. Uh, his sophomore season had three podiums in 2012 when we had that insane season where five guys were vying for the title. Uh, you know, he was third in Montreal uh, in 2012, which was like one of the craziest races of all time. I just watched that race, which is like, holy shit. If I don't know if you watched Canada 2012. 2012 or 2011? The 2012. One that, uh, yeah. The one, the button one. Yeah. Watch it. Was that 2012? Yeah. Oh, well, I have seen it. And yeah. like, didn't he pit something like six times? Something. Because just because yeah. the- there's rain. Uh, yeah, there's there's Hamilton in there in the mix. Uh, there's just cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Uh, it was just like, you know, just a, it was an insane race. You had a sophomore driver uh, getting third in a Sauber. Uh, and then you had, you know, second place in Malaysia, second place at Monza. His sophomore year. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's battle-hardened. He's been... He's been here. This is his tenth season in Formula One. He's he's uh, hitting his prime. It's a story of somebody who who kept at it and uh, and just kept scrapping away, learning from their mistakes. And uh, that's what I love about this is you have so many opportunities in this sport to learn from your mistakes. You have a shitty race. You come back the next week. You try to do better. You learn from it. And this guy is the consummate example of like keep your head down, keep going. And, uh, and sooner or later, your hard work's going to pay off. And, and, but at the same time, he's, he's been performing for 10 years, you know, and this is a guy where he, ha- when he has a good engine behind him, uh, and a good car under him, he's going to do well, he's going to put up numbers for you. So I don't think this is, this is surprising at all. Oh, I think, I really hope he opens the door for that. There's lots of sort of drivers like him that were comfortable at mid 
sort of midfield teams that I think never got the shot at a top team because they were classed as like midfield drivers. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of Kevin Magnussen. I think Magnussen, there was never quite the spot that opened up for him at, at the right time um, to take a top team. Actually, I say that, I heard something in, uh, I think either 2018 or 2019, um, no, 2018, sorry. He, at the end of the 2018 season, he was offered a seat at Alpha Tauri and he turned it down because Haas had had a, a really good season. He wanted to stick with them. But you just he was think, offered, a, uh, I guess, a Toro Rosa seat? Uh, yeah, it would have been Toro Rosa then. And then Whoa, I, that's I weird. I know, I, I heard this. So um, I think shout out Tomo, Tomo F1. Um, if for whatever reason you're watching this, I, I hope you are, because I'm a big fan. Um, he mentioned it, and you think if he's in that Toro Rosso next to, I uh, know it would have been in, instead of Albon, I think instead of Albon, and you've got uh, Albon and Kvyat in that Toro Rosso, Gasly drops out of Toro Rosso, and then who goes into Red Bull? You'd assume Kevin Magnussen, and I feel like yeah. Magnussen and Checo are pretty similar, and then we could be talking about someone who's who's not in the sport anymore in the same yeah. place as Checo. I guess yes, it, this is all very ifs and buts, but I, I hope this opens the door for lots of mid team, the midfield drivers to get the chance that Checo has. You know, yeah, I think they, I think they can if they're the same, if they have the same tenacity. It does um, to that point. I don't know. If if Magnuson does, and I quite generally mean I don't know. I'm I'm not as familiar with with everything. I don't know what his numbers are as far as his 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 whole career. Um, I don't think he has the podiums though. But all, also at the same time, I don't think he had the car at, at any point. Is which is part of what you're saying is I don't think he had. I mean, the, you know, closest he would have had was like Haas 2016. Uh, you know, when they're up there, you know, just scrapping. I mean, you saw them up there in the middle. P5, P6, sometimes P4, like regularly. And you're just like, oh, wow. You look at Haas 2016 and then even, uh, even you know, 2018 into beginning of 2019, you're just like, that's a different car. That's And then it just all kind of fell apart. Yeah. Um, because they were using coagulated rich energy drinks for their adhesives on their chassis. So I guess, it was cost I guess that's what happened. But I mean, that's, that's about it. Yeah. I saw a dude that... <laughs> I saw um, he did actually grab the podium in his first race, K-Mag, for uh, McLaren, I think it was. I think he might have had one or two more. But when, I mean, yeah. he was he was my favorite driver when I first came into the sport. And at Abu Dhabi yeah. last year, it was his last race, he was doing donuts. And Crofty said, uh, you know, Martin, I feel like we've never really seen the best of Kevin Magnussen. There was always more to come. We never saw it. And I think yeah. that's the unfortunate yeah. nature of the sport. And people like him, like like Danny Kvyat or, or Nico Hulkenberg, who worked, there's good drivers in there. And they yeah. never, well, i say never got the chance in Kvyat with the Red Bulls. So maybe he's a different case, but but that's part of what makes the sport so good, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, man, all those drivers are, are, in, are insanely good. I mean, they're just so quick. Um, but it's all, it always comes out, that is the inherent nature of it. It always comes down to the driver and then you've got the team, you've got the car, You've got the management, you know, and it always it has to be that right cocktail uh, for you to get actual results. Otherwise, you're you're fighting for it the whole time, which is still just as a, it's got to be just as appealing 
to a lot of a lot of drivers is okay look we might not have the fastest car but we've got a car uh it's my job to make it perform as well as it can and then we'll we'll try to get results from there um and so that's that's still got to be an appealing uh, part but yeah as a driver you always got to be wanting to to step onto a a big silver circle with some champagne, you know, at some point, but again, can't be using rich energy glue, uh, for, for your, you can't, Hey, your main sponsor can't be a guy that like looked like he walked off a set, the set of game of Thrones and then threw on a <laughs> velour purple jacket. <laughs> and then just like, Hey, I'll fund your formula one team. I don't R- know. Some Richard rich story something. of Hasking. Richard, Richard bag of dicks, you know, that's what, <laughs> <laughs> bag of dick energy drink um but anyway uh what, what else we got we got any other f1 news i think i think we're about it paul ricard um we'll see how it goes we'll we'll be back next week for after hello that's my she, uh, nora actually told me uh before this that she doesn't expect much from paul ricard oh, she said uh, yeah she said right meow i don't think there's anything uh, worth watching, and yeah, that will tune be the in, last. Tune in for these puns all week, folks. We're here. Uh, yeah, we're, we're here. live. Tip your bartenders so on, our, on our comedy sets. You know, tip tip your bartenders. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, we'll see what's going on. It's exciting. A little bit more uh, F1 2021 uh, gameplay footage released. That was nice. That was nice. Uh, it looks cool. It looks. I mean, I'm, I just want to get a PlayStation Five. I'm I'm wanting to get one for this game specifically. Uh, so it looks really cool. I watched some of this gameplay footage, and it's like I can barely even tell that it's a game. You know, it's it's wild. Yeah, that it just feels more alive. I can't put my finger on what it is. Like I, I watched a load of footage of it today. And then I hopped on F1 2020 for uh, Mexico practice. And it, the game just felt so dry in comparison. You know, maybe yeah. that's just footage and the way EA market things. But I can't wait. I'm, I'm starting to feel a bit a bit sick of the game now. A bit sick of F1 2020. It's, yeah, yeah, it's been like a bit of a chore. And I'm yeah. looking for like a, a refresh. I've got into, um, I don't know if you've ever played GT Sport. I've got into that a bit. And that's a lot of fun. Um, I haven't. I'm kind of holding off on other racing games until I have a wheel okay. uh, and a cockpit set up. And then I'm going to get into all of the other stuff because I tried. I downloaded, par, uh, downloaded Project Cars uh, 2 because some of the some of the guys in the Discord do that on Friday nights sometimes. And uh, that's cool if you could set the, the setups are so much more in depth with some of these games um and and, it, and also at the same time it just feels completely different and you get it, you get the sense that if you drive with the wheel on these games it's it's a lot more easier to to find your way around um but no you said gt2 yeah yeah lo- lots of fun uh, gt gt sport uh and i think when you play a game with gt cars you appreciate how incredibly ridiculous f1 cars are you know that you can just yeah. go into these 150 mile an hour turns and just throw it in without even breaking because the the arrow is just so ridiculous you know oh that's crazy mm-hmm. uh which which cars are those are those like the uh the bubbly looking like Le Mans cars or or uh, which so, ones are so those? like the the top end is uh i think there might be f1 cars but they're not really sort of the focus the top end is like you're like Le Mans style cars and then all the way down you have like Mini Coopers, and like Volkswagens, and and things, and everything in between. Uh, most of them are like you know GT cars, like touring cars, uh, things like that. And that's oh, cool. I think where the game's best, where you you feel 
how like heavy the cars are and you're always wrestling the car where an F1 car is so just completely smooth and, and everything. It's still, I mean, I, I yeah, like both, that's, but that, yeah. You know. yeah, that's, that's the wild part about if you do, like I got into racing for formula one and so you start doing it at the, at the top end of the performance as far as aerodynamics and stuff. And then you try to drive these other cars and it just feels like, you just feel like Fred Flintstone. You're just <laughs> what? yeah. Like I try to brake and I'm just off the track. Like I just can't brake in any of these cars. I'm like, what is going on? So it does it. You are are you meaning to tell me that this car doesn't brake immediately after going 180 miles an hour? So like, what's what? send it back? <laughs> what I am it. I supposed to do? Yeah, if what? I can't brake immediately within 10 yards after going 200 miles down a straight, what am I even doing? So it's it's definitely a different world. GT Sport actually ruined my um my F1 league race a couple of weeks ago because I got a great start. I've been playing GT Sport all the time. You know, when you're in like these beefy, chunky, like Beatles and stuff, got off the line, great start. And the guy ahead of me sort of moved across to cover me off. And in GT Sport, I'm thinking, well, I'll bump draft him to sort of, you, you know, bump draft him. Or like you, you hit the guy ahead and then you sort of push him along and you both go quicker. Yeah. Obviously, you can do that in like a, you know, a, a GT car. But I basically went straight with to the back cars of them. with actual bumpers. Yeah. Yeah. But when your bumper is yeah. a front wing made out of tissue paper, <laughs> didn't go too well. So that one wing damage and that was the end of my race, really. That was a bit of a stinker. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. You can't bump draft with front wings. No, no, there's no, no, no bump drafting going on. Hello, Nora making an appearance. What are your thoughts oh. on bump drafting? Yeah, she says uh, she's she just has wet foods. She's like, yeah. Cat, by the way, cats need to chill out about wet food. Hey, yeah, it, chill it, out with wet food. Pets in general, chill out with wet food. What's so great about wet food? Just eat the dry stuff. All right. Please eat no, the cheap. If I was stuff. a cat, I would love it. Yes. <laughs> hey, stop eating me out of house and home. All right. Just be grateful for what you got. Look, you're not being hunted by lions. You should be grateful for that. We're we're the stupid okay, ones. Well, she clearly we're, is. We're the ones that pay. No, we pay for them. We're the stupid ones. She's just going to walk around. Now she's staring at you on the screen. You can't see it. The camera's in front, but she's literally staring at you face to face, like wondering who you are on the, on the TV screen. Um, but uh, yeah, the game looks good. It looks fun. Um, man, I'm excited to upgrade systems. I'm excited to get a rig. I'm waiting until I move into, I'm moving soon. And so I'm, I'm doing a whole laundry list of things. I just got a new job and, stuff like that. So I'm excited to settle into a new place, new surroundings and like get a rig and all that stuff, man. I'm just excited to do it because it'll be really fun, really competitive. And I think the game's going to be cool, dude. I, I hope there's some AI improvements coming. I say this every time we talk about it, but I really want to see uh, some AI improvements. I want Jeff to not tell me the same 18 things uh, over and over yeah. again on the loop. I, st- I stopped playing my team on the 2020 game because one you drive equal performance cars in leagues and you're just like, okay, well, this is awesome. And then you get in your, my team car and you're just like, this isn't, this isn't even fun anymore. I don't, what, what am I trying to do? I can't afford anything. Cause I'm all, you know, on the team. I can't, I do, I can I do not know how to save money on that game. I'm just like, Oh, well new wind tunnel. Yeah. Let's do that. So <laughs> I don't know what any like, of it does impossible. either. So yeah. yeah. Also the two player career on the new, t- I don't know how, you know, I don't know how appealing that is. I don't know if I'm ever like, you know what? I want to play multiplayer, but only with one other person. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't, you know, it's, it's, I would rather just play a multiplayer race with somebody, you know, it's like, that's quicker. I don't know about the two player, you know, 
deal going on. I just had a fly right here in front of my face. But yeah, it looks good. I'm a, I'm optimistic. I think it'll be cool. Um, won't really know until we play it. So do you have I a pre-order? So. Are you going to pre-order it all? Uh, I'm not. Um, I don't know why I'm not, actually. I, I may as well, I guess. But I'm the same. I, yeah. I'm going to... Uh, when I get home in a couple of weeks, I'm going to treat myself to a PS5 and then I'll really, really lead into the unemployed life. You know, there we go. Just yeah, my, my new PS5 that I've not earned at the all. The post uni slash unemployed life, dude, yeah. I was living that for the majority of COVID, the unemployed life. It was, uh, if you know how to do it right, you could do it. You gotta, you gotta have a routine. Here's the key. You gotta have a routine. Yeah. You gotta have a routine every day. Otherwise, you'll just turn into uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as Howard Hughes from The Aviator, just <laughs> locked in a room, just growing your you just <laughs> nails are like 18 inches long. You got like 27 jars of piss on the wall behind you. You're just like watching, <laughs> watching your old World War One movies on repeat. You know, Sounds this tempting. is the Spruce Moose. Yeah. So but yeah, otherwise. So if you can avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> if you can avoid turning, if you can avoid being full agoraphobic, yeah, you're you're fine. You just gotta. You, I had to break myself out of it, bef- like before it got too bad. I was like, oh, I gotta go do something. This is, I was just locked in too long. How's lockdown over there? Y'all uh, able to go out and do stuff now? So we were meant to have um, the 21st of June was meant to be like the day like everything's lifted, and uh, Boris come on the on the telly. He was like, yeah, that's not happening. But four nope. weeks, four weeks from now is meant to be that day. It's meant to be just nothing will exist COVID wise anymore. Yeah. Cause it's not like, I mean, where you guys are like States, you can sort of do it relative to how each area is going. Um, but no, we, we do it either as a whole country or nothing. So, I mean, it's, it's as good as back to normal. You wouldn't really know, uh, apart from like wearing a mask in a shop or like large events, everything feels pretty normal um having to book a pub slot is annoying though you know you can't just walk yeah. into a pub anymore that's an ah oh, that's the worst so hopefully yeah. that won't be too much longer you know yeah yeah it, it's uh it's pretty normal i went to the grocery store the last couple of weeks without a mask for the first time if you're vaccinated here max masks are essentially optional like most most places you can go if you're vaccinated cool you just kind of resume normal life which was pretty dope so uh, i you know i just i went in and it was odd like the first time i did it i felt weird but also it's like i'm vaccinated so i shouldn't feel weird it's just been you've just seen it you know it's just been one way for like a, a year straight so you're just like oh this is feel a little weird but second i went today i went earlier and uh without a mask and for some reason i was still like the only one like one of the only ones and I was like, I can't be the only vaccinated person in here. Cause I got double jabbed in like December and January. So I'm like, I'm like waiting. I'm like, let's go dude. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I didn't feel weird. I'm vaccinated, whatever. So got, I think I got a few, I got a few weird looks still, but it was like, what do you, well, I think they were just really looking at the mustache. They were like, Oh, <laughs> fucking white dude with a mustache. What a dick. You know? So that's fine. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's it, what it is. You it, get, it's impressive. I mean that you grow a bit more and that will always serve <laughs> as another mask. Really, that all, it's, that I'm just channeling Nigel, enough. baby. Of course, I'm just I'm just channeling Nigel Mansell. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit uh, about Midwest F1 uh, before we sign off here at this mid this midweek mid race in between race episodes. Uh, Midwest has a charity drive or a charity draw tonight, like a charity raffle um, tonight. Uh, it is uh, we are doing a fundraiser. I believe it is 
I, I don't have, I'm trying to look at the details for the organization this is going to. And I think they explained it during one of the races, uh, either the last week or the week before, but we're doing a donation. Uh, I believe the organization has something to do with, uh, with mental health and mental health resources, which I'm personally very passionate about. So I just wanted to spread this information on to everybody else. This episode is going to air tonight, uh, Wednesday. I believe this is ju- June the, fi- what are we at? 15th today. So 16th, June 16th, uh, the deadline for that is uh, tomorrow night after the Midwest F1 races. Of course, you could tune into us on Twitch, on YouTube, and uh, stream the race there. Uh, our PayPal handle is MidwestF1League at gmail.com. Um, and you could PayPal donations there. Uh, be sure to add your information in that, your relevant information, PS Gamer handle, anything like that you want. Um, but if you want to donate to a good cause, go ahead and do it. And I uh, just wanted to plug that on the podcast. Let's get to some uh, Baku results. We were in Baku uh, last week uh, for the Midwest F1 League. And uh, man, I, dude, I don't know. I don't know how I did it. I did way better in, in BRL. I did. I pulled a P4 Saturday in BRL. Nice. So. Nice. I, yeah, dude. pretty happy with that. Uh, I dude, I I pulled a set, man. I went with a softer set, and I used uh, some. I went long on some mediums and some hards, and then safety car hit, and I had a I had a fresh set just waiting for me, dude. So I was like, let's oh, go. The best. So uh, yeah, man, pulled a P four. Um, I don't think I did as well <laughs> in the mid F one league uh, results. Let me look up what I where I was at. Let's see what did I do. Let's see what I did. Uh, uh, yeah, dude, P15. Oh, I hate that. Was, I, that was bad. I don't know, dude. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I had a uh, what happened? I, I, I had a puncture on the last lap, and actually, it was like it was the last lap, and so it didn't count as a DNF, but like I punctured and like like dnf right before the castle like i ran i ran i tried to run a soft set like 12 laps it just didn't work uh so not the greatest strategy uh but we did have some uh drivers doing really well this week uh d4 we've got uh tiger nascar taking the taking the win for d4 uh and then we've got toxic septiembre uh taking uh d2 or p2 and then p3 d4 we've got garris vac which is uh I like that name. I don't know. Is it Garris Vac sounds like a James Bond villain. Uh, so I like that name automatically. It uh, also, also sounds like one of the terrible like Russian vaccines as well. Like yeah. Garris yeah. Vax, you know. If yeah, like a, it sounds like a Russian COVID vaccination center <laughs> where Putin actually just kills you instead. He's like I mean that that's a good way of like, reducing cases. You know? Yeah. 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 It is. It is and that's actually Putin's preferred way of reducing cases. He'll just he'll just go ahead and like, let's take everybody here. Just, let's knock them out. Let's, the, you know, they fell out of a window. That's fine. It's, it works. It's, it is what it is. You know, are we on a are we on a hit list now for saying that? I'm in Texas. So. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm so UK. Fine. I'm cl- cool. I'm, I'm like on the same bit of land as him, so I feel like I'm. No, I'm not. What am I talking about? God, my geography is terrible. So I completely ignore <laughs> me. I forgot that the you know the North Sea existed. So that's fine now. Don't worry hey, about I it. did too. I until you said North Sea, I was like, I don't even what you know. North Sea, what's going on? Uh, D three, uh, Valentine ninety four, uh, taking P one, uh, dissection seventy nine two, and Houdini thirteen thirteen taking uh, D three. Nice job there. D two, we got Uncle Ben's Rice taking it once again, dude. This guy is on fire. Will Ans, another guy that is uh, properly rapid in in your in your terms. Uh, and then we've got Hey Type, my uh, new teammate, just just representing for Ferrari, dragging us up the constructor standings while I'm 
while I'm keeping us down there in P15. So uh, nice to see him up there on the podium. But again, D1, uh, of course, we have the ever quick Mystic Joker and then followed by Cake Thomas and Tioch 91 in uh, D1, taking the, the P3 position there. Uh, Puff Digital and Fusilim, uh down to D2, or up to D2, rather. They got promoted. And then uh, Pork Chops down to D3. Uh, now he's going to go, I guess he's going to go just rabble down there in the D3 with the D3 fellas. Watch him, watch him just completely destroy in D3. It's like, okay, well... What is this? Billy Madison playing dodgeball with his <laughs> third grade teammates. So anyway, that's Midwest F1 for this week. And uh, man, I, th- I think we could go ahead and wrap it up. What's going on? We'll, we'll probably be after, here after Paul Ricard. I agree. To talk about the wild race oh, that's hope. in the French countryside next week. That's so. really hope, man. That's really hope. Yeah. <laughs> let's see something, man. Let's turn on some sprinklers, you know? Yeah. Why not? Down there. Let's get, let's get it. Well, let's the, get the, it. The clay. The clay. That's an idea. I think the clay is going to be the best, our best bet. Wow. Go ahead and cover the whole surface with clay. Um, and let's see, and let's run full wets. Let's run full wet tires on the clay. Let's get all the clay like in the creases of the tires, you know, and uh, let's see what they could do. Let's just throw it out and see what they could do. They're professional drivers. They can handle their own. So I think this is a great idea. I know. Why not? <laughs> James, uh, thanks for joining me once again. And uh, I'll see you next week in Baku. Huh? Hey. Or, <laughs> I'll see you next week. Right here, but after France, huh? Pleasure as always, man. Pleasure as always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone, this is the Slipstream Podcast. And until we see you next week, keep pushing.